Kathleen. Kathleen. Can you ask me in front of all of these people, all of these witnesses, can you please ask me, am I going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again? Ewan? Yes? Are you going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again? Yes. <laughs> points this is jason and this is what's left of gabe yes yeah, what's left of both of us we are in the hotel room in anaheim california it's really late or really early <laughs> neither of them are good no but it's one of the two no oh my god so i don't know if you out people out there listening can tell but we're a little tired we're a little loopy. We're a little goofy. It's been a really long... Two days. Two days. Two days. But here we are, and we thought we had to get a little bit of a, the most delirious Kenobi reaction on the planet Earth out to you people, because we were at the red carpet premiere of Kenobi tonight... At Star Wars Celebration. And we're still alive. Are, are we, though? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You might have to tell us if we sound like we're alive or if we're just... You listen back to this and it's just... <laughs> the ghost coming out of the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> it's beautiful! But, yeah, it was amazing. We were able to get into the Lucasfilm panel this morning, and part of that was uh, a wristband to come back to the premiere tonight, and while we were kind of waiting in the queue just to get back into uh, the arena they have for the the big events, um, they had like the entryway closed off, so we couldn't see what was going on, and then it opened up, and it was like, oh my god, it's a real premiere, they had a red carpet, they had the costume, they had Kenobi's costume, uh, all the Inquisitors' costumes that you could see. They had snacks and popcorn, and we saw Doug Chang just hanging out, giving interviews. I th- Assuming that the, the cast and crew maybe walked through there later because... I saw a picture of Bonnie Peace on the red carpet doing pictures yeah. from later. 
So, yeah, it's been a real night. And what we're going to do here is we're just going to give a very brief kind of general thoughts we had after watching the first two episodes of Kenobi. We're going to get a bit more in-depth after we get home from Celebration and we have a little bit of time to kind of get our act together. And that will be for the third episode of Kenobi. In probably in about a week that episode will come out where we'll maybe touch on a little bit more when, when we actually have been sleeping and have our minds back together, hopefully. So this is just kind of a general kind of proof that we're still alive and kind of the things we were taking away from the first two episodes. Which, first of all, these first two episodes are unbelievably good. Yeah. And... I think even from these first two episodes, we kind of have a feel that this is a different kind of Star Wars storytelling. It's mm-hmm. this, it's characters we know. It's a story we're interested to find. It's a story we're interested to find out, but it doesn't feel like another Mandalorian show. It doesn't exactly feel like the movies. It feels like one big six-hour story that's unfolding an episode at a time, but it's definitely a continuous story and it's kind of taking its time setting the pieces on the board of what's going to happen. And by the end of episode two, uh, some pretty, pretty big stuff's going down. Oh my God. I, I, it's like our, I think our main characters we're focusing on, in the first two episodes are Obi-Wan and Leia. And it's really interesting how we've got two extremely vital characters from the original trilogy that Obi-Wan was in the prequel trilogy, Leia in the sequel trilogy, but we're getting glimpses at them at times in their life when... They're the characters we know. They're not the characters we know. I mean, both Ewan McGregor and the, the, the actress that plays young Leia, whose name I cannot remember, were so incredibly good. And Leia, they're so smart where she... There's moments that echo the Leia we remember from the films. But it's done so well, and she is so good. And almost the same with Obi-Wan, where there's moments, there's glimpses of the Obi-Wan we used to know, and there's glimpses of the Obi-Wan we will know later in the original trilogy. And Ewan McGregor is so good. Well, and just the whole idea of pairing up those two characters is one of those things at the same time it's very... It's surprising in a way, initially, and then as soon as you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Well, why wouldn't we get to see those two characters together? Because that's really, that's something we haven't seen or, or even maybe thought, even thought we wanted to see when it's so obvious that we should see those two characters together. And yeah, like you said, the the, the casting in this show is really, really good and Yeah. When you you think of A New Hope, when Luke comes into the prison cell 
and he says, I'm here with Ben Kenobi. And Leia, when, when Luke originally comes in, she's just like, who the heck are you? Why, idiot? And when I, I'm here with Ben Kenobi, Ben Kenobi, he's here? She jumps up. And something Skytalkers were talking about after the show. If you think of now that Leia named her child Ben after Ben Kenobi, that now packs so much more meaning. Right, and it makes sense why she had these fond memories and this connection to, to Ben Kenobi. I don't, this, I don't know, Gabe, my thing, and you've heard me talk about this over and over again tonight, the moment that broke me in the show in the first episode Obi-Wan's prequel dream in the cave and then afterwards reaching out to Qui-Gon and getting no answer back. That Obi-Wan still is haunted by the past of what happened, especially in Revenge of the Sith and the downfall of the good times. And he's reaching out for guidance from Qui-Gon and whether Qui-Gon hears it or not, there's no answer. But then what we just found, we just found out that on Disney plus, but before the first episode, there's that recap where they like sum up the whole prequels and it ends with Yoda talking about, I will, you know, teach you to commune with your former master. Qui-Gon. So yeah, it does seem like, at some point, that connection's going to be made, and and Obi Wan's going to be able to talk to Qui Gon. And I don't. I guess it's good that they're they're giving us hints so we can be ready for it. But yeah, right away the show kind of setting that up that you know it's Jedi dreams, Jedi nightmares, and Obi Wan obviously is haunted by the events of the first three episodes. And yeah, he's definitely at his lowest point. He's working uh, at a at a fish factory, which is next to a giant tattooing sandfish, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of crazy. Just slicing up his little slice o fish yeah. every night for him to come home, Ray style. Very very, and I've seen people talking about him. I'm very very much echoing the Force Awakens with Ray, which is so cool. Of just this kind of isolated, lonely existence, scraping by this, this and this greater destiny out there. Well, and we get you know kind of setting the stage with what the Inquisitors are after, and they're kind of just terrorizing people in Tatooine, trying to find this Jedi that happens to be hiding there. We get little glimpses of. Uncle Owen, we get the great um, conversation between the two of them that that there was bits of in the trailer of Obi-Wan wanting to have a relationship with Luke and eventually training him and Owen wanting nothing to do with it. That op- Before even any of that, that opening with Order 66... Oh, geez, yeah. How do we, yeah. ...was so insanely cool. And people are wondering if... One of the girls in the opening is, we just, we watched it. Is it Reva? 
I think it's Reva. Yeah. Is Reva. If one of the girls in the opening is Reva. Because Reva also, extremely fascinating character because she doesn't have the yellow Sith eyes. She's not quite as full-blown Sith out as the other ones. And what the Grand Inquisitor is saying that like they, they've like saved her from the garbage or something. I found you in the gutter. Hello from the gutter. <laughs> right. She's even with among the inquisitors. She is not accepted by them. And there's, there's tension just between her and the other inquisitor, her and the other inquisitors. And she seems awfully focused on finding Kenobi. And you have to think there's probably some sort of reason for that. I know we can jump around, but what is up with the Inquisitor dying at the end, getting stabbed in the chest? Is he dead? We don't know if he's dead. So when we were at the screening, some number one stunner sitting in the row behind us said immediately afterwards, there are things worse than death. Which I was like, oh, crap. That's what he said to Kanan in Rebels, right before he he died in Rebels. He's like, there are things worse than death. And remember in Rebels, it was kind of like when he said that, it's like, so what what, does that mean? What does that mean? So does he get uh, brought back to life? Yeah, is he like undead? Is he like a reanimated corpse in Rebels, basically? Did they like take him to Dathomir and did like some like Sith witches like bring him back to life or something. Man, yeah. So when whoever said that in the row behind us points to you. Well, that's worth bringing up too. This whole experience was really surreal and kind of overwhelming too, that not only is there a new Star Wars show and it's about Obi-Wan, but we got to see it in a room with, a few thousand people, yeah, uh, you know, which has not happened since 2019, where there has been a Star Wars thing to see in a room with hundreds of other people. So that was kind of a treat and kind of, like I said, surreal because it's been so long since we've been in that situation. And with these, you know, now that Star Wars is kind of a a TV thing, we haven't had that opportunity with any of the of the live action shows as well. And it fits so well with, like you were saying, with Kenobi, where what we saw tonight felt like a movie. It'll be interesting watching episode three, four, five, six at home, because tonight felt cinematic. Mm-hmm. It really, really did. It felt like we saw part one of a movie series. And I don't know if we can jump to like where, where it ended... There's so much to talk about in this, and I can't wait till we can go more in-depth when we have actually a bit of our minds actually working. But the last shot of Hayden Vader opening up his eyes in the tank. So I I took that personally as that Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker still have a connection to each other. They are still brothers somewhere deep down in there. And that moment that Obi-Wan is dealing with the fact 
that Anakin Skywalker is still alive. Which is interesting that Reva knows that. Because I've always thought that that was not common knowledge within the Empire. Well, it probably isn't, but the Inquisitors are different. That's true. But who, have, but who would tell them? Palpatine? Well, maybe, or they can sense it in the Force, or mm. maybe part of Reva's connection to maybe previous life as a Jedi or something kind of has given her... She's known Anakin. Maybe she knew Anakin Skywalker when she was a child or something, so she kind of... She knows... She can sense it because she's sensed him before. And is that why she's so focused on finding Obi-Wan Kenobi? Does she know Anakin and Obi-Wan? Right. Yeah. And for some reason, she's got some sort of vendetta against... Anakin and Obi-Wan or something, or she can't get it out of her head, the two of them. But they, the two of them, Anakin and Obi-Wan, somewhere still have a, a connection. And it makes me wonder, and we've talked about this with this show before, if Obi-Wan will be reaching out to Anakin, to not Darth Vader, to try and communicate with whatever is left of Anakin Skywalker... And if he just gets nothing, and that leads him to believe, like he says in A New Hope, like, Anakin is dead, Luke is the chosen one, there's, there's no hope for Anakin Skywalker, that dream is gone. Right, there's only Darth Vader now. Right. And even in Obi-Wan's mind, he's a totally different person than Anakin Skywalker. He betrayed and murdered your father. I don't know. I felt like I was going to puke watching Obi-Wan tonight. Maybe it's because I ate two entire boxes of popcorn really fast. And a can of Pepsi. I slammed a can of Pepsi. Maybe that's why I felt like I was going to puke. But then I just couldn't help thinking, too, how cool obi-wan and leia's relationship was and not to mention too the incredible scene with jimmy smith's bail organa and leia on the balcony in alderaan and how cool all of alderaan was 3po and r2 the stupid cousin kid i love him where's the black series figure of the cousin kid but in, again in a new hope when Obi-Wan turns and sees Luke and Leia there by the Falcon. And he smiles, and he's so powerful with the Force that at that moment, he can just close his eyes and become one with the Cosmic Force. But when he sees, Anakin, when he sees Luke and Leia together, he knows that he finally accomplished his mission. Yeah, and it's nice with this show now kind of seeing kind of the other side of that mission that he didn't realize was the mission that there is some familiarity and relationship with Leia as much as there is with Luke and that he would understand the significance of them being together. Right. That It's kind of like... So like Bale is saying, it's like, it's not just Luke. Leia is just as important as Luke is. Yep. It's incredible. It's just incredible. 
The part with Obi-Wan saying that little Leia reminds him so much of Padme. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, with the whole, the start of the series being his nightmares about what happened in the prequels and then him basically having to spend his time with both of the children of Anakin and Padme. It's just, it's just really cool to get to see. Well, we've gotten so many stories with the Luke Vader relationship, and we've talked about it in this show to death. But there's been, you know, the occasional comic or stuff in a book with Leia and Padme. We just haven't gotten that explored enough, and just that one little line. And I don't think that's the last we'll have of it in this show, but that was just so nice to hear. It was so cool. And I, when we were walking out of the arena tonight, I was like, it's Revenge of the Sith Part 2. Yeah. Because it, re- it is. It's, re- it's, it's episode three and a half. Well, and, and you know, another thing with that that we didn't bring up, too, is the, the just a brief little shot of... Uh, Obi-Wan running into a, a homeless clone. Oh, my God. Begging on the street. Oh, my God. With Tem, Tem Morrison's face and his scruffy beard asking for coins. The, the celebration premiere crowd tonight, as soon as you heard the voice, everyone... <gasps> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a gasp. Yeah. And, you know, this is definitely a more serious Star Wars story, but there was also a, a, a dinosaur bounty hunter. So it's, it's not all high drama. And I love to, there's the big fuzzy two legged triangle legs, fuzzy creature on the, the planet whose name I'll, I'll never remember the planet's name. But then when the inquisitor was rounding everyone up to ask if they've seen Obi-Wan Kenobi, the big fuzzy, white leg thing was one of the creatures that was rounded up and I would love to see the Inquisitor you <laughs> I just want to talk to you you fuzzy letter A running around yeah some great creatures there were some worms walking through the town I don't know the, the new uh, tattooing aliens that have like tentacle beards <laughs> guys just hanging out Obi-Wan just having a long wacky conversation with the Jawa Yeah, so it seems like uh, there's something for everybody in Kenobi, and I I can't wait to see uh, where it goes in in part three. And man, it's going to be over before we know it. I know, I know. And then we'll have ten thousand episodes of Andor coming later in the summer. <laughs> so, and who knows? Well, before too long, we'll find out what's going on with Bad Batch. But we can't we can't deal with all that now right now we are in kenobi season it's crazy it's finally come real kenobi season <sighs> kenobi kicked our butts tonight folks that's the truth listen listen to my voice right now listen to both of our voices right we, now yeah, we sound terrible yeah. we sound terrible and that's kenobi's fault <laughs> kenobi did this <laughs> it's always kenobi <laughs> This is what happened. It's just going to sound worse. I'm going to have no voice by Sunday. Nothing. I mean, nothing left. It's never too late to learn sign language. 
people people like, when are you going to start doing YouTube videos? Well, when we have to start doing sign language. (laughs) It's going to be like Dune. I'm going to be sending signals. Well, when we have... And when we do talk, we're gonna sound like the voice. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, perf- I gotta perfect my tone. Your pitch. Yeah, my pitch. Give me the knife. Okay. So, Obi Wan Kenobi. I give it an A plus. Ten out of ten. A thousand out of ten. A million out of ten. It's good stuff. I I can't even. I don't even know what to give it because it's so fresh in my head that uh, I know I had a good time, but it's like, it's that weird time where you, the first time you watch this, a Star Wars thing, you just kind of have to let it wash over you <laughs> so that you can really absorb it the second time. So looking forward to going back in for the second time and, and really getting to uh, absorb it all into yeah. my blood. Because we've only watched it once, and it was a, a wild, wild, wild viewing experience. Oh, <sighs> so I think this is where we're going to wrap up our extremely tired live from the hotel room bed. I'm in a chair. Gabe's in the bed. <laughs> we're half alive. But yes, look forward to a lot more, maybe more coherent episodes. We're going to the rest of June. We're just going to be doing nothing but Kenobi on the main show. On the Patreon, we're going to have Kenobi commentaries. But that's all coming later because we're really tired right now. Celebration yeah. day one has kicked our butts. We got three more days to go. Oh my and, God. Uh, yeah, it's already been insane. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for, thanks for sticking with us. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with some in depth Kenobi ness in uh another week yeah another week please hey hey please leave us a review on itunes we got patreon we got even more tired sounding daily updates coming over on the patreon well they'll already have been be there by the time this comes out yeah well there's one but there's gonna be more but this won't come out till next week no this will come out today no what day is today (laughs) see Listen, folks, listen. <laughs> I don't know when this is coming out. Listen, this is not edited, people. This is this is a rare, rare, rare blast points. 313, the double three. So, yes, and yeah, so iTunes reviews, Patreon, and I think that's it. Check out yeah. our website and all the social media, but you, you all do that anyways. Yeah. yeah, and we might be posting stuff. We might not. We might be sleeping in a ditch. We yeah. don't know. Yeah. Celebration. <laughs> so... With that, this is the brief episode signing off. Pray for us. We said it on the Patreon one. If you go to church, please, please say a special prayer for us because it's looking dangerous. Light a candle. Light two candles. Just light a barrel full of trash on fire. Whatever you got, I'll take it. <laughs> Just say a prayer. It's good vibes. <laughs> Throw a coin in a fountain. This one's for Jason and Gabe. I hope they make it. <laughs> So, signing off, we will, we'll have, next week we'll have like a kind of a celebration wrap-up episode for everybody with some of the stuff that's coming on the Patreon and some new stuff, and so, yeah. Thank you, everyone. I hope you all enjoyed Kenobi, and that's all we got. We're going to die now. Thank you. Yeah, good night for real.
May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.